everybody, welcome back to Divine Data. I have one of my great friends here today, Max Borders. Um, I've worked with him before. Uh, he's the co-founder of Future Frontiers, one of my favorite conferences in the world. Um, he's also an author of The Social Singularity and founder and executive director, did you say? Yes, executive director of Social Evolution. How are you doing, Max? Doing very well, and I'm pleased to be with you. I Thank actually, you so I wish I were where you where you are right now, but uh, you know, we we are going to be where we are for a while, so I'll just live with that. <laughs> <laughs> you can always come and visit once uh, borders come become clear again or open up again, rather. So um, I really I want to start digging into stuff. The show is mainly was sparked by the idea of finding a platform, creating a platform for leaders to come on and express themselves, share their light and share their new projects. And I really view you as a leader of this new earth that we're stepping into now. Um, you really are doing some of the good work out there. So do you wanna tell us a little bit about what Social Evolution's doing right now? Yeah, you know, it's interesting because um, I have really turned my attention to, I got a, a small grant to work on a book and that has been, uh, and so I kind of, I got lucky in a lot of ways. Um, I will say that and make no mistake, a lot of life is about luck and, and there's no denying that. Um, or if you like it's fate or if you like it's stars aligning, synchronicities happening, whatever it is in this case, for me, it was, um, I was, uh, I got a little grant to work on a book uh, that would frame things, <laughs> I kid you not, frame things in, in, um, in, in the broadest sense in terms of what if we were to have a massive financial collapse in the world's largest economy, right? What would happen? What would, what would we do? And I've been working on this book and I'm almost done with it. And then this hit. And by this, if we're going to situate ourselves in time here, is of course the novel coronavirus epidemic and we're all sitting in our homes sheltering in place. You're sheltering in place in, an, in another country. And so in the first score, I got lucky in the sense that uh, the solitude of work from home has given me the opportunity to really get into a deep dive with this. Uh, I, I obviously was writing this before uh, COVID-19 hit, but it's allowed me to really pursue that uh, in earnest uh, by, by being at home and, and really being with my thoughts. Um, I, I tend towards introversion anyway. I mean, I'm happy to talk to you. I'm, I'm not, I don't, I'm a gregarious person. But in terms of the way I get my energy, it's, it's usually to go be alone. And I work best that way. Um, but the second thing I got lucky about was the fact that this could precipitate a, a collapse. And we need to talk about it. And this book is a conversation starter very much in that way. So that's really what I'm focusing on in social evolution right now. And uh, it's, it's, given, it's given me the time and space to uh, to work on it so if there are silver linings in this for me it's 
it's being able to work in do deep deeper work uh, than than I might otherwise if I were running and gunning out outside the house. Right, it's incredible that you um, were called to write this specific book. It's very timely for yeah. what we're going through, and it's probably exactly what we need because I know there's a lot of people sitting at home wondering what is next, what's to come, um, and to be able to have some sort of framework of perhaps how to deal with a situation that we are currently about to face or facing, it's really integral timing, really important work to be doing. So thank yeah. you. And I'm glad, I'm glad you're being given that time to do so. Yeah. And I hope people find use in it. And I hope that the, the kinds of catastrophes that, that this particular event could be sort of like a pre-echo of something that's bigger that comes in its wake, which is more economic. Um, and I, 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 I have to say, no one knows. I hope that this is even what follows is a, that we recover quickly, that the economy heals quickly, that we all get back to, to our lives and pursue our various conceptions of the good with vigor. But I have to say, it might not be that way for a whole lot of people for a long time. I do hope that this one is the dress rehearsal, that this is the warning that causes us to adapt and change. So if the big one comes, we'll be ready. And that's really the purpose for the book is to start, it, it's designed to, you know, there's a, I've had a lot of mentors in life coach me to directly confront the worst possible scenario for any endeavor and then think, then reverse engineer from that. You obviously want to start with the vision of your endeavor, the mission, but it's also important then to think in terms of what's the worst that can go wrong and prepare yourself for that. Um, it's like the, uh, you know, the old uh, Admiral Stockton story about uh, that, the, that the Stoics like, you know, who he was in a Vietnam war camp and he's, he was there longer than any other person and he eventually came home and, um, uh, they asked him, you know, how he made it through and so many others didn't, you know, either went insane or whatever. And he basically said, I, I never, I never uh, thought about going home for Christmas. You know, I never, I never told myself I'd be home by Christmas. I always assumed the worst. And when the worst didn't come, I got through it. So it's, it's a really uh, sounds like a pessimistic view, but I actually think of it as a realistic view there's a tendency sometimes I think, uh, and I don't want to bang on and bang on and on about this, but <clears throat> there's a tendency sometimes on the part of, of folks to be overly rosy, to set the intention and just hope that by virtue of doing so that things fall into place. But sometimes it's important to think about some dark and desperate eventualities too, so that you can avoid those. Holding those things in balance is really kind of a, uh, an important way of, of looking at the world and, and <coughs> it's, it, it, it certainly holds true in this context. Yeah. It's like finding almost a balance of like ignorance is bliss and knowledge is power. Like we want to stay, you know, fully aware. We don't want to be in fear state where like our entire lives is panicking and prepping for the worst, worst thing to happen, but to be like actually aware and knowledgeable that, there's a potentiality of something really grave coming on is important. And 
you know, I come from like the very spiritual side of things where there are a lot of people in the community that are just like, no, just hold the high vibration and everything is going to be fine and we'll heal the planet by loving. And there is something to be said about that. It's really, it's beautiful, but there's also something, and I can't help but to use a tagline from Future Frontiers right now, but like criticizing by creating, like it's, you actually like have to like implement a solution um, and come up with the solutions instead of just complaining about the problems or just sending light and love to the problems. You know, there has to be that integral balance. Right on. Absolutely. That's a, that's a, I really appreciate your saying that. And I'm so glad that it resonated with you. Um, I think it's, it's one of those little sayings It's if, you know, I'm not, I'm not a big fan of bumper stickers, you know, sometimes usually I want to roll my eyes when I see them, but man, that one, it just, if I could put a bumper sticker on every car, that would be it. It's a good and that's one. criticized by creating that you said. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think about it oftentimes because, you know, we do live in a world today where a lot of people want to fist their, I mean, pump their fist in the air and say raw, but it's only going to get you so far. And there's a lot of, and there's a lot to be said about, you know, maybe we didn't know how to be prepared for a situation like this, but now it's happened. And now that we're, you know, somewhere in the midst of it, now we have a, 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 enough knowledge to know how to prepare for it for next time. But what would your like top three pieces of advice that you'll be including in your book be? Is that, are those secret recipes you can't share with us? No, I mean, I think one of the things that I, uh, so I was, I'm in communication with, with my editor about this. And since it's, this is hit, um, he basically said to me, look, you know, um, I, I think it's really important that you peg the beginning of this to this event. It's just, it's just too profound not to um to ever present in in the national psychology and when this thing out comes out it's going to be so i you know i i i thought well you know i don't want to date the book because by the time next year comes around we might be dealing with other things nevertheless um you know i've written it sort of as a retrospective and and i had to ask myself what is it that i've learned up to this point from this and I think the first thing I learned and that everybody's learning is humility. Um, so I would go ahead and um, give you some of the things in the book that are broad themes, but also lessons that, um, that, are, <clears throat> that are in the beginning that uh, I, I can just share with you right now because they're on my mind. I think the biggest thing that I've learned um, is that sometimes we just don't know everything. Sometimes our ideologies are in, inadequate. Sometimes our models of the, the world we construct conflict with one another. Our economic models and our, for example, our epidemiological models can be in conflict. It almost seems like what the world is facing right now, particularly in the United States, is the world's greatest trolley problem. Have you ever heard of the trolley problem? I have not. Well, maybe, maybe uh, your, your viewers haven't either, but there's this old philosophical conundrum that if there's a person standing on the tracks with the trolley, uh, uh, if there are five people standing on the tracks with the trolley, right, going straight, and you're sitting on the trolley and the engineer has disappeared, 
you can stand up there and do something because you can pull a lever. But if you pull the lever on the other track, one person is standing, right? So if you don't act, you're not responsible for anything because nobody's going to hold you responsible. If you do act, you're going to kill somebody, but you're going to kill fewer people that would otherwise have been killed. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. I this have is, heard it, this is it on a mass scale. <clears throat> Excuse me. And so I'm, I'm thinking about this and thinking sometimes nature, sometimes this universe is just fucking bigger than all of us and humbles us. And it teaches us that we need to be adaptive. We need to be discerning and we need to be wise. And that wisdom piece is foundational. Sometimes wisdom is admitting that you don't know what to do and trying to figure out and, and just waiting until answers become a little more available. Other times you have to act come hell or high water because the clock is ticking. So in a certain sense, I, I am a little bit disappointed in the sort of deference to authority that we see out there where everybody's just sort of checking in with the, pre the, the pressers from the White House and the National Institutes of Health and the CDC and all these people just to wait on, you know, like, what should we do? And yet, <clears throat> I don't envy, the <clears throat> excuse me, <clears throat> the authorities for having to make those kind of decisions right now. It's hard. These are hard, hard human decisions. And so that humility would be the first one. The second one, I think, is sort of riffing on that last point is that we have caught, we've been caught <clears throat> in a situation where we don't know how to, um, we no longer how, know how to support each other adequately. Um, the, if, the, if there were ever a framework for mutual support and mutual aid in this world, it's long gone. We tend to think, uh, we tend to look, we outsource our, our sense of responsibility to each other, to distant capitals. And, and we've done that for so long that we have forgotten how to look out for each other as neighbors the people closest to us. And that's, that's revealing itself right now. And it's going to even more once the economic ramifications of this hit. I mean, let's just put it like this. What if the Federal Reserve runs out of money? What if the federal government runs out of money? What if we have an economic cascade of Titanic proportions where everything just goes in the fucking toilet? Excuse my mouth. <laughs> what are we gonna do? We're gonna have to learn to turn to each other in loving kindness, but also criticized by creating, get stuff done. It's not going to be around sitting around hoping and hoping and sending it good vibes, right? That's going to be <laughs> part of it. That's going to be maybe a foundational disposition, but that's going to have to animate real human actions for each other. Absolutely. So those are, those are big lessons that I'm getting out of this. And the re one of the reasons I've, and, and then I've, I think another big lesson is just awe at the people in the world who are already doing wonderful things. I'm looking around me and seeing people creating track and trace apps, you know, that are trying to pull me in to help them. And people who are in the maker movement who are making masks and personal protective gear, people who are out here running deliveries to old people who can't go to the grocery store because they're going to fear, fear that they're going to get the virus. I mean, this is, 
people who go to work every day in, in at the hospital and risk it, you know, that, and, and, uh, these, these people are their inspiration to us and they remind us that we all need to be more that way all the time. Definitely. Yeah. I think it's interesting. It's bringing up like a lot of both the shadows and the, and the light. Like there's, I hear cause I feel very far removed and very lucky here in Costa Rica. It's a very different experience, but I hear that on the streets, if you like in certain cities, you walk a tiny bit too close, like in the six feet, people are yelling at each other to stay away from them. And, 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 you know, I do also hear on the flip side of that, that some people are like posting pictures of what they actually look like when they smile, like on their jackets or whatever, so that people know that they're smiling or people creating face masks now that are see-through so that you can see each other's smiles. Stay here. <laughs> oh, do you have one? <laughs> All right. Yeah, testing, nice. testing, testing my smile. <laughs> Yes, perfect. And it fogs um, up my glasses, of course. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, no, it's, it's bringing up all of that. I think it's bringing into people's awareness that they need to be more self-sovereign, but also community-minded at the same time, because we do need to know how to take care of ourselves in these situations. And we also need to know that we have community around us to turn to when, you know, the structures that we knew as normal begin to crumble as they already are, you know, and we see yeah. it happening before our eyes. Um, we need to be able to be there together. Um, and not to say I'm calling on a revolution, but to rise up together in a sense, to stand up for our, you know, civil rights as human beings and be there together to rebuild, um, to criticize by creating hand in hand. And it is really cool to see the amount of people who, like you were saying, like the makers and everyone doing all this stuff right now. Um, it's also really cool to see our planet and some of the very exhausted hard workers out there getting a rest as much as, you know, rest recuperation and reintegration is really important right now. As much as it's not feeling good financially, I know that there is a lot of people, there are a lot of people spending time at home with their families that they didn't get to. So yeah. That's good. Yeah, and there are a lot of people who are, you know, um, I feel <clears throat> really, really lucky uh, to have a job right now. And um, I'm just watching all these people in my life I love lose their work. It's so hard. Um, and, you know, <clears throat> you know, we could get as high as 20% unemployment. And we haven't faced anything like that since the Great Depression. Now, hopefully, it will be deep and painful and not protracted um, once all this starts, you know, because there's a lot of productive energy behind the dam ready to burst and flow back out into the ecosystem. But, uh, but yeah, it's um, in terms of just, I, I don't know how I would sit with that, honestly. Um, there are people who don't have family to turn to. Yeah. And, um, you know, what, what does that look like? What does that look like? You know, after the stimulus checks dry up, it's, it's going to be, it's going to be tough times. So and the, <clears throat> the stimulus checks scare me too, because they're printing 
feels like they're printing money out of thin air. So. They are, oh, they absolutely are. <laughs> yeah, they're adding magical zeros to our, to, uh, yeah. And, and the debt is uh, astronomical. It's just, it's just, uh, we've never had this, these levels of debt. So it's, it's, it, they're very scary times. If we have some sort of uh, hyperinflation or sovereign default or a mix of both, then all of our ideological wars over whether and how much to help people with social welfare state will be moot. And that's, that worries me. Um, not, not, not because I particularly care about those debates, but because it, it could happen. Um, and so what, what does life look like after such a collapse? And that's, that's what I'm really dealing with in the book, but I don't want to bang on and on about the book. Let's talk about positive stuff. I'm sure people <laughs> really want a little bit of uplift in their life uh, rather than just uh, worrying about the, the dire circumstances of the world right now. Well, it's all really real, relevant, timely stuff that should be discussed. And I think it is positive. You know, we're coming at it from a place of desiring um, to see change and to help build anew when we're allowed out of our homes and even start building anew while we're inside of our homes kind of thing. But um, so I, do, I see positive. I feel positive stuff coming out of that as well. It is just really heavy, dense time and the reality the gravity of the situation is there and it it should be acknowledged um so it's all good stuff um um, it's a weird thing but like i i I, to the extent that people can i hope that they work through it and i don't mean work through it psychologically although that is most certainly true what I mean by that is do some work, do work. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, my, the mother of my child who's not been born yet is a yoga instructor and she's very, very good. Uh, she's, she's not just in the different yoga styles, but also, uh, well, body postures and things like that. Forgive me. I'm not a, an expert, so I find Asanas. it. <laughs> yes, yes, all that good stuff. Um, uh, but also in Yoga Nidra, which is a meditative practice. And that practice of meditation helps you, uh, can, can help a lot of people work through the circumstances, resetting, helping you get out of the sort of fear-based reptile brain or whatever, and, 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 uh, and kind of reset to do the kind of work that... Um, that needs to be done to, to feel that sense of meaning and dignity, even if you can't work uh, in, um, even if you can't work in the broader economy as you had been. And I think, um, I think it's may sound paradoxical or even crazy, but like, um, and it's, it's also coming from someone who's not facing that circumstance right now, probably a little bit disingenuous sounding, but I'm going to go for it anyway. Um, do, do work, do work anyway, go help a neighbor, you know, deliver, deliver somebody some food, bring them some toilet paper. Um, do that. You know, my, my partner has been doing her, her yoga 
for folks, um, so even when they can't pay. Uh, it's helping people cope, you know. Does she have, um, is she doing it live stream? Does she have a website or something that people could go to if they wanted? Yeah, yeah. I think the best way to, to follow her and participate in her Yoga Nidra sessions or, her, or otherwise is, uh, her name is Jenny Clary. Her Facebook page is Jenny Clary, C-L-A-R-Y, yoga. And she does just absolutely fantastic work. And I'm biased because she's my, you know, baby mama. But <laughs> also because um, I, I really, and you know me, you know I'm not as woo right? No, like we talked not. about this before, <laughs> but, um, but this is different. Like this is, uh, and especially the way she conducts these yoga nidra sessions, it's just, it's powerful stuff, especially if you need meditation training wheels like I do. Yeah. I think that's really awesome. I, I'm really happy to have that shared because I think that um, we all could use some sort of meditative practice or at least if, if the woo woo is scary for some let's not call it meditative but relaxing or grounding practice during a time like this finding our center so that mm -hmm. we can feel okay to like you said do the work and maybe there's people at home who have you know they're cooped up at home and they realize that the jobs that they had out there weren't really the jobs that they wanted to have. And they're like, Oh my God, I'm having all of these crazy ideas because I have all of this time and to utilize this time and the energy to create something positive and productive. That's where I felt this like fire burning within me. I'm releasing like spoken word pieces, this vlog series, like been writing poems and painting. I haven't picked up a paintbrush in 10 years. Like, it's good. This is, there's, it's devastating, but also we need to, again, criticize by creating. I could say it a million times. It comes to my head all the time. You know, there's only so much that will come from complaining. There's a lot that can come from creating. And I think that, um, especially if you're feeling for the people listening, if you're feeling like you have the wherewithal, the centeredness and the energy to start doing something productive for humanity now is, better time than ever. That's um, right. That's right. And, I mean, if you can hang in there long enough financially and you think you might be able to go back to work in a couple weeks or a month, then, um, then taking the time to, to channel that energy. I, I'll give you an example from history. Um, and, and this, this is probably, probably obvious to people who, who remember history, but a lot of people don't, and it's always useful to be reminded of it. Um, when uh, and this is this is nothing like the scale of what people where people had heads and hearts were during World War II. But during World War II, there was prior to that there had been uh, a, a massive, massive unemployment, like like the country really had never seen since you know since they started measuring unemployment. And that was, of course, the Great Depression. Um, you know, people think that the war was this magical effort, this magical ec economic phenomenon, uh, because there was basically really low unemployment. But the reason that there was really low unemployment is because half the workforce had been sent off to, to, to the war, right? So you had low unemployment because you were just giving people jobs as soldiers and the rest of the workforce was building war machines, right? There's no, no real miracle there. 
but people, people and whatever they were doing were focused on one thing and that was win the war. And right now we're focused on one thing and that's get through this pandemic. And in that process, we're going to find so many people, so many ways of attacking this problem <clears throat> that when we finally come out of the problem or have it relatively solved, or at least can get to a place where hopefully the fall, <clears throat> excuse me, the fall, the, uh, the autumn won't be kick us again, you know, while we're down, then I think we're going to be able to repurpose so many of these different efforts, these creative efforts, these innovations that have come out of this. Um, and really fundamentally change some of the systems that we were operating in through adaptive means. But those can be, those system rethinks can be, be re, uh, applied again in different contexts. So just like when there was this return from the war in 1945, throughout the 1950s, there was this massive economic burgeoning in the United States. Uh, and you know, it came with downsides, cultural changes and all like that, where there were some downsides. But ultimately, it was a time of great flourishing in terms of the economy. And I think something can, can be said for this too. Once we get through it, there's a lot of creative energy going on right now that hasn't been applied. And we're going to be coming out of, of a condition of complacency, right? We're going to be coming out of the condition that of sitting around watching Netflix to really having a, a, at least a large subset of the population find, finding ways to um, innovate and get shit done. You know? <laughs> I mean, it's, it's got, we got, we got to see that silver lining because it is coming. Just don't know when. Yeah. And I think that that is something also that may be holding people back because of all the uncertainty and it's sort of like to pay reverence to what's going on in the present moment, to feel what you need to feel, but also to just keep working forward as if like, you know, it's coming, it's coming anyways, we know it's coming. So let's keep moving, pushing towards that, not getting stuck in, in stagnancy because that... Yeah. Absolutely. I mean, <clears throat> I mean, look, a lot of this kind of commentary I want to acknowledge straight away is coming from a place of privilege for me. Absolutely. And I, I, I make no bones about that. I feel very grateful and very lucky right now. And there are a lot of not a lot of people who can afford to sit around and contemplate things and innovate. <clears throat> but that's the reason why we have a responsibility to do so if we have that privilege right? We have to make the world a better place when we can because other people might not be able to. Their, their, their world may be being turned upside down right now and that could last a decade for them. Yeah. So making, finding ways to criticize by creating uh, is about sitting in a responsible way in that privilege. Now, that's not to say, look, I, I've, I've watched The Tiger King. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, but, <clears throat> but I, I, I want and hope that um, those of us who have the means will 
take the time to find a way to just, and, and here's the other thing, a way I th think of it. Think of it as concentric circles. <clears throat> Not all of us can, like my friend Tarun, create an app that has the ability to, you know, help people on a great scale, right? It, through the pandemic. But we all have the ability, well, first, you know, so it starts, it starts, at the, you, you start with yourself and expand the circle. You know, circle one is me. Can I stand on my own two feet? Do I have my shit together? Are my kids eating? Is my family okay? How can I help them get through this? Okay, yes, we're doing okay. Expand the circle. What, how are my neighbors doing? Who around me needs something, right? Check in on them. Walk around the neighborhood, talk to people, see how they're doing. Check, good, boom. Next, expand the circle. You know, it's, it, it, it doesn't always have to be, you know, the, the genius in, uh, in inventing something in their garage. Not many of us is a, not many of us are geniuses. But if we are looking around and expanding the circle with our, with our assistance to others, and, and perhaps even in a leadership capacity, being in, you know, organizing things for those we love, expanding the circle all the while to the extent we can, we'll get through this, get through this. But that's the different thing than just waiting on, you know, I don't know, waiting on some distant capital to, to save us. Um, and uh, because if that creative, if, if that productive energy finds some application after this is over, people can get back to work. I hope. I hope so too. I think that, you know, especially in the awesome circles that we find ourselves in, we really do have some incredible innovators out there with the energy, the wherewithal and the desire to help humanity. And I know that also on a global scale, we're finally being impacted all together, all at the same time, all with the exact same thing. So I think that this will be able to allow us to not just hold hands with our neighbors here, but hold hands with our neighbors across the globe um, and find new and better solutions to implement for the close future, the near future coming up, and also for the potentiality of this ever happening again, we'll be more prepared on a global scale and it may be a naive dream but i really do think that that's what like that's one of the big positives coming out of this is we are going to be able to hold hands in a different way than we have before when we come out of this so yeah. Yeah. right on well i'm running out of time i got one more call after you but matt it was such a pleasure talking to you. Thank you so much. Hey, stay strong down there. Let's, let's get you home soon. Yes, I'll be back in the States before we know it. We'll be planning Future Frontiers 2021. Your <laughs> book will be out. We'll be seeing the new systems come into play. Now, now I am calling in attention, but I'm going to start criticizing by creating as well. I'm not just going to call in the intention. Hey. Music to my ears. Thank you so much. <laughs> Thanks, Max. Good to see you. Good to see you.